I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you're new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Y'all, I apologize in advance. Kenzie is not awake. My producer is not here. So if I misspeak, which I am, you know, I sometimes do, uh, there's no one here to correct me. (laughs) Again, thank you guys for letting me take off the week last week. It was because, I don't even think I mentioned why I was taking a week off, but it was because I was going to Charleston for a little girls trip with my friends and... It was the best time. It's it's really nice to go on a girls trip that's not for any purpose. Like it's not for a bachelorette or anything and it's just, you know, it's nice to get away and have a little a little fun time. We ate so much good food. Oh my gosh, drank so many good drinks. Whew, I'm still recovering from it. Literally, I had like a post-trip hangover just in general from getting into it. I was a little sad because I did not see any Southern Charm stars. I did go in Craig's Craig Conover's Craig Conover's shop sewing down south and it was it was pretty cute I have to say like I can't say the pillows were really my style but they were nice pillows and pillows are always expensive so I wasn't you know that shocked by the fact that they were like starting at $70 ish I did buy a hat that says nice guy and full disclosure I fully bought that because Amanda on Summer House bought or she wore a nice guy shirt and I really thought that was from the nice guy in LA. I didn't even realize that was from Craig's brand. So I got the pink hat. I have way too many baseball hats and I'm not a girl who wears a baseball hat every day, but I have somehow amassed quite a collection because I went from collecting like coffee cups to switching to now just having a plethora of baseball hats and I don't really think hats are that flattering on my face but it is what it is we're just we're leaning into it uh yeah he wasn't there but it was fine it was it was still a good experience anyways and honestly like the southern charm guys are not the most respectful of people I'm just gonna say it like (laughs) I don't think I needed to be seeing them uh while I was on the trip I finished the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo And this book has been going around a lot on book TikTok. I heard Fluently Ford talk about it on her podcast. It's talked a lot about in the people who kind of support Gaylor, aka the fact that Taylor is maybe not fully straight because the whole concept of the book, and I hope, I don't think this is spoiling it too much, but if it is, you know, skip ahead 30 seconds. But the concept is that Evelyn Hugo is this movie star. There's rumors that she's kind of uh, based off Elizabeth Taylor, but it's not. It's fiction. Um, and she has seven husbands, but really all of these husbands are just beards for her real relationship with a woman because she's actually bisexual, but the love of her life is a woman. And just talking about because of the way Hollywood is, they had to keep it secret. And it talks a lot about PR relationships and sort of the whys. Like if you're confused about why things go on behind the scenes in Hollywood, I think this book is a good glimpse. Like it is fiction, but I think you will see how this stuff could translate into real life very easily. It's it's very believable how it could happen. It's a pretty good book. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a fast read. Uh, you know, get into it. And I thought it was relevant since there was a little blurb that Joe and Taylor were engaged, but only one news outlet was covering it. And I found this intriguing because when I talked to Shannon on the podcast, she said how 
There were a lot of rumors that Taylor was either going to come out with an engagement or break up from Joe by the end of February. And then by the end of February, we get this sort of a little blurb about the fact that they're engaged. And I don't know the purpose of this. I think this was planted by Taylor's people. I don't know if it's true. I don't really know the purpose behind it. It could be because uh, Joe has a movie coming out soon or a TV show. It's Sally Rooney's new book. He's one of the lead roles in that. Maybe it was to drum up a little bit of excitement with him. Who knows? It's all a little sus. I also think it was interesting that that engagement rumor, it came out on the same day that Jake Gyllenhaal did an interview and for the first time kind of spoke on all too well and Taylor it was a lot of beating around the bush not anything concrete he did say he hasn't listened to the album and I am not sure if I believe that I am quite skeptical to say the least uh before we get into too much more I wanted to thank um Melissa Carrie Ludum Crafts for your nice messages your reviews thank you guys so much if you guys ever like want to message me like tag me on Instagram I'll always give you a little shout out and in case like one day we just get too big for my britches and I can't shout you guys all out but I think that day is is pretty far off so if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or even easier just go on Spotify if you've listened to the podcast on there at all I think you have to have listened to it for 30 seconds on Spotify you can give it a rating just click how many stars of course I would love five stars I'm at 4.7 right now so if you guys want to get that up there a little bit I'd really appreciate it I also wanted to give a little disclaimer because I swear some people get confused about this which is so flattering and the cut if anyone from you guys is listening like take this as a sign but some people think that I work for the cut and I do not work for the cut I am a lawyer I live in Florida I just wanted to set like look at pop culture through the cut because I liked the tone they took this highbrow lowbrow kind of approach it's kind of how I approach life and I that's why I cover other articles as well so it's not just the cut um but yeah, just wanted to remember, like, remind you of that. And if anyone from the cut is listening, I'm so more than willing to come on and do a little guest feature. I'm very available. Okay, back to some celebrity news. Uh, I loved this little piece of news I saw. Guy Fieri bought a house for $4 million in Lake Worth. And Lake Worth is very close to where I live. It's the next town over. And I live in very, like, southwest Palm, so I'm very close to Lake Worth. And I just love that Guy Fieri's like has a little house near me. And I think this is honestly because lately he's been covering a lot of restaurants in this area on Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives or his various other TV shows. And I think he might have just kind of fallen in love with the area. I mean, it's, you know, people move to Florida because the weather and it's it has a lot to offer. So I am manifesting a Guy Fieri run-in. I'm still hoping that he is going to officiate Kristen Swart's wedding. Fingers crossed on that. I haven't heard any update on it and I'm not sure like how far out she is from her wedding or if she's already eloped. I don't know. But we talked about that a few episodes back about how she said she would love Guy Fieri to officiate her wedding. So I'm still holding out hope. Uh, speaking of marriage, babies, etc., J-Law, Jennifer Lawrence, allegedly had her baby recently. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is not so much like because I want to be intrusive of whether she had her baby or not, but I just think it's so wild that Heather McMahon, who is a podcaster, comedian, and Jackie Schimmel, who is also a podcaster, 
Uh, their shows are called Absolutely Not and The Bitch Bible. And obviously, they are huge podcasts. Jackie Schimmel's like one of the OGs. She's been around for years. Uh, and they're famous in their own right. But they are podcasters and they are like friends with Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence just really loved Heather McMahon's podcast and then came and stayed with her at her house. So I realize that I am not on their level yet, but it gives me hope for future me um, that I'll just be hobnobbing with celebs in my my house. You know, a girl can dream. <laughs> Uh, I've also been really liking talking about nepotism baby couples lately. So the first two that I saw were Ryder Robinson and Iris Apatow. So Iris Apatow is Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann's daughter. And she is the sister of Maude Apatow, who plays Lexi on Euphoria. She's dating Ryder Robinson, who is Kate Hudson's son. That is a powerful pairing. They are so cute together. Another one I really love that just came out is Frances Bean Cobain, that is Kurt Cobain's daughter, and Riley Hawk, which is Tony Hawk's son. I mean, could there be a cooler pairing? Like, just let that set in. That is, oh, oh, it's so, those are both such cool pairings to be a fly on the wall in those relationships. And it's just young love, adorable. I love it. And then another one, this is only one half that's a nepotism couple, but Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven on Stranger Things famously, is dating John Bon Jovi's son. And they literally look like Ken and Barbie together. They're just these little blonde princesses. It's adorable. Um, Speaking of child stars, Lindsay Lohan is on... TikTok, and I just said it that way because apparently her name's actually pronounced Lindsay Lohan. And I actually feel like I switch back and forth with how I pronounce it, but she cleared it up by introducing herself on TikTok, and people were going wild in the comments. Here, I will play you a little clip of her saying her name so you can get the full effect. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Lohan, and guess what? Now I'm on TikTok. So sorry, it's a little faint, but you can tell she says Lindsay Lohan instead of Lindsay Lohan. I just am here for the Lindsay comeback. That's really what this comes down to. I love that she was in the Super Bowl commercial. I know she's filming some upcoming rom-coms, and I'm just so hopeful for her. I can't wait to see her comeback. And before we get into our articles today, I just know that, you know, I never know how to address things on here because this is obviously a lighthearted podcast for the most part. But I know the state of our world right now, it's not its not a good, happy place. And I just, my heart goes out to everyone who needs it. And I know I'm just talking in vagaries, so I just feel like I'm not necessarily the voice to be elevating right now to talk about all of this. But just know that it's heavy in my thoughts. And um, I hope that this podcast can provide a little bit of break in your week. So let's get into it. What Lala Kent of Vanderpump Rules Can't Live Without, as told by Lala Kent to Ariel Avila. As usual with these lists, I will be inserting my own personal opinions into their choices of the things they can't live without, which I know is not what they were asking for, but it's what I'm going to give. And I love going through these because you know I'm a little voyeuristic hoe and I want to know what other people use and like, and it's like a whole list of legit shits that I get to go through with you guys. So first on her list is Perrier Carbonated Mineral Water. 
And she says, I'm so boring. I don't like any flavor with my Perrier. I just want regular old original Perrier with zero flavor. I've been obsessed with Perrier for over three years, ever since I got sober, and I've tried every single sparkling water known to man. Now, I take issue with this because I, too, like Perrier. I think the carbonation in it is perfection, but plain Perrier is not it. It is not even top five. The two Supreme Perriers are peach and strawberry, and if you can find them, I usually can find mine at Walgreens. Please get them. Try them. I used to think it was strawberry was my number one, but I think peach has edged it out because the peach flavor is just so good. It's not artificial. It literally tastes juicy in your mouth. So that is my pro tip. Don't don't settle for nasty ass regular. Next up on her list is the Keurig K Classic Coffee Maker. And she says, um, anytime my friend or assistant comes over, they ask if I want them to grab coffee from a shop. And every time I'm like, I have a Keurig. I don't need to grab me anything. She just says she loves her Keurig. She uses it to wake up. She uses it around the clock because she's a mom now. And her favorite pods are the Starbucks hazelnut pods and the Pete's regular coffee. And then she says, this is where I get naughty. I use Coffee Mate French vanilla creamer and I'm in heaven. When I have my Keurig coffee with my Coffee Mate creamer, we are starting the day like rock stars. First off, there's no shame in putting Coffee Mate in your coffee. I too am a basic bitch who puts Coffee coffee Mate in my coffee. I use hazelnut sugar-free during most of the year and then when sugar-free peppermint comes out circa october november i switched to that until they no longer sell it air gets sold out and my mornings are better when i have the sugar-free peppermint i too feel like a rock star um my issue is k-cups like i was such a k-cup stan but then i realized get a french press girly it's so much easier it's quick you don't have to waste all the pods. You don't have to constantly buy the pods. That That's again, like try the peach Perrier. Let's get you a French press and elevate your life. Next up on her list is the Kasori Pro XL 5.8 quart air fryer. So she talks about how her mom bought a Kasori air fryer during the pandemic and it was like all she talked about and she got Lala one for Christmas and they were obsessing over it even that morning like with her little brother but this is my favorite part of the story she says we even made a full Thanksgiving meal this year in the air fryer because something was wrong with the oven we cooked our green beans and my grandmother's famous sweet potatoes to have a really yummy crunchy top with pecans and cornflakes on it and by the way this year I felt like the sweet potatoes were better than ever which I didn't know was possible we even put that pie in the air fryer everyone everything but the turkey went into it the air fryer is a savior I even leave it out on the counter because we use it so much on a daily basis All right, so I too got an air fryer for Christmas because I felt very behind the game. And bless my parents, they got it for me. But I have to say, I don't know, I might need the Kasori kind because hear me out if this makes sense. You know how some air fryers and the ones I think are more popular and most people like are the kind where you kind of pull out the basket and all it is is really an air fryer and you pull out the basket and you put it in i have one that is like an all-in-one toaster oven roaster air fryer and it's huge this thing takes up like my entire counter and i think it's the ninja brand um and i have not perfected my air frying in it and I don't know if it's just because I need one of the ones that's more of the basket kind that you pull out 
I think that my favorite YouTuber, Miss Remy Ashton, also has the Kasori one, and she is like my product god when it comes to kitchen items. I'm so embarrassingly obsessed with her. I don't know if I've ever talked about her on here. I've watched her for like six years. She has like a cooking segment on her show. I just love her and I trust her completely. And this is also my call for you guys. Like, do I need to get one of the pull out container ones or am I good with my ninja all in one? It has like seven things in one that it could do. Okay, so next up on her list is the Vandy Planet Element Sonic Toothbrush. And she says, people that come from Utah have the prettiest teeth and the best mouths ever. I don't know what it is about Utah, but every single kid at the ripe age of like the fifth grade was in full braces or is being taken out of school to get their laser teeth whitening done. (laughs) And I'm sorry, that is so true. If I have any Mormon listeners, you guys are just beautiful. And I love your love of beauty products and facial enhancements. Like, The fact that, you know, Beauty Laser Lab on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has basically become like the seventh housewife. I just love that it's one of the top places for plastic surgery outside of L.A. Get your teeth cute. I love it. I I love everything about it. And I wish I was as beautiful as a Utahian. What is the how do you call instead of a Floridian? What do you call a Utah person? Utahian? Anyways, next up on her list is the Mario Badescu drying lotion. Mm. She says this is a game changer. When she was about 20 years old and having skin issues, a friend told me Lisa Vanderpump uses this drying lotion. And this was before she was even on the show. And she thought if Lisa Vanderpump uses it, I'm putting it on my face. So I love that little story that before she was even an inkling that she was going to be on Vanderpump Rules. I don't even know if Vanderpump Rules existed yet when she was 20. She saw Lisa using this and wanting wanted to use it. It's such a full circle moment. But I take such issue with this. Just Lala, no. Do you have a deal with Mario Badescu? Because we need to update you from this. I used this shit in high school. And I promise you that there's better pimple stuff out there now. And we need to get you some. I feel like Lala is just kind of flawless. Like she is a beautiful, beautiful Utahian and just doesn't need much. Um, so that's probably why she's like, I can just use this little pink cream. It's fine. Cause then the next thing on her list is the bio oil, multi-use skin oil. She says she goes through bottles of this a month. And I love that this, she also was inspired by another reality star, Malika, Chloe Kardashian's best friend, because she used it when she got pregnant. So she was inspired by Malika and she started using it all over. She even used it on her face and she says it helps with her melasma. So again, I'm not a skin expert, but I am very into skincare and I also have very bad melasma that is caused by birth control. And girl, Miss Girl, or if you're out there listening to this, do not put bio oil on your face. It is a mineral oil. It's probably fine for like your body. I've used it before. It's fine for your legs or places that are non-clogging. It is commodogenic. Like it is going to clog your pores. Do not put it on your face. There are such better oils out there to put on your face. I love squalane. That's my oil of choice. I love the one from Biosance. I actually think it's been a legit shit before. So let's let's go that route. And then she has a Vaseline petroleum jelly. I love this because of how accessible it is. And I love that actually her whole list is very accessible. She says that Vaseline's all over my house. My great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mom used it. Growing up, her mom used it around her eyes. And she was like, I want to do that too. So she started putting it around her eyes when she was around five or six years old. 
And she says that her grandmother and her great-grandmother aged beautifully, did not have crow's feet. Again, I think Lala has great, fantastic genetics, and maybe there's something in the water in Utah. But I am with her on this. Like, I think Vaseline is a cure-all. I use Vaseline like the dad uses Windex in my Big Fat Greek wedding. It is a cure-all for me. I know it is super hot on TikTok right now, the term slugging, which is just basically the idea that you seal your skincare in with Vaseline. And I did not mean this to turn into a skincare lecture, but it is my safe spot. I love talking about skincare. So let me rant for a second. Uh, When I was living in New Hampshire, I slathered Vaseline on my face literally out of pure necessity because it was the only thing that would stop my face from literally peeling off in a reptilian manner. And I swear that my face never looked better than when I was consistently using Vaseline. And don't get me wrong, I still use occlusives a lot. So the idea of an occlusive is something really thick like an aquaphor, a CeraVe healing ointment, or a Vaseline. I actually think Vaseline is the best because it's just straight 100% petroleum. And you, p- petrolatum, I'm sorry, you do your skincare. And then as your last step, you put on an occlusive. And the idea is because it's a humectant, it's going to seal in all of the moisture and not allow it to escape your face and really seal in your skincare. I swear it will work. Some people's skin doesn't react well to Vaseline, but technically it's non-commodogenic and should not cause a ton of issues with breakouts or anything like that if you do slather it on your face. It's just a thin layer. It doesn't have to be like caked on or anything. Um, And it really is effective. So I think it's the best $4 you can buy. Go get a big tub of it. And I also, I'm sorry, like I'm on a full Vaseline rant right now. It is amazing for just a lip balm and it's amazing to put on glitter if you have any sort of loose glitter that you want to put on your eyes or you want to put on your face just use vaseline as the base and then lay your glitter on top of it and it will stick so well and it won't irritate your skin and it'll be really easy and comfortable to get off so (laughs) the whole moral of this you know how they always do these um things they can't live without series when they're trying to promote something so lala is promoting her give them lala skin coconut kisses nourishing lip mask which i think is ironic because honestly you're probably better off with the vaseline but i love that list it really it, it bring me joy okay next up we have emmy rossum playing tom holland's mom will break me by olivia trufo wong i actually talked about this on my tiktok and if you guys don't follow me on tiktok please do i'm at bailey evan i'm at bailey evan on everything and i'm at also on at kind of cute podcast feel free to message me on either again i love having conversations with you guys you can reach out to me about anything i will i love to chat on there so olivia writes it's a tale as old as hollywood itself a woman hits 40 and is immediately cast as the mother of a full-grown man give or take a few years add in some movie magic and you've set the stage for emmy rossum who is 35 being cast as the mother of tom holland 25 in a new apple tv show so Again, to reiterate, the actors are less than 10 years apart in age. This is for The Crowded Room, which is a new television drama. It's going to be an anthology series. Now, what we don't know is we don't know how big of a role Emmy is playing, and we don't know exactly what role she plays in the series. So some are saying that maybe this casting is because she will only appear in flashbacks. But the character description, as reported by The Hollywood Reporter, notes that she is a woman who, quote, is always looking for a man to fulfill her dreams of salvation. That definitely sounds like it's going to pass the Bechdel test. 
So it says, despite the claim that Rossum's role will be limited to flashbacks, it seems probable that she, a woman who is definitely not actually old enough to be Tom Holland's mother, will in fact play opposite Holland and not just a younger actor meant to play him in flashbacks. And she finishes the article by saying, I think it's time for Hollywood to enact a new rule that every man who plays the son of an actress less than 15 years his senior must in their next project play a father to an actress at most 10 years his junior. Fair is fair. And when I posted this on my TikTok, I had some really interesting comments. Um, And one of them said... At 25, she's an actor. She says, at 25, my agency would make me audition for the role of a mom to a 14-year-old. When I asked them what the fuck was wrong with them, they said, that's the business. I mean, that is appalling. 25 years old and you're playing a mom to a 14-year-old? Oof. Um, And then I loved another comment said, we have this and then you have 60 year old men being cast as action heroes and it's so true just the irony the hypocrisy and how women are treated in hollywood is frankly disgusting and again it really makes the whole evelyn hugo book i was talking about earlier make sense and kind of the battle that women have to stay relevant and keep making money in hollywood again it makes things like yachting and all the things we've kind of touched on in the past year make a whole lot more sense okay next up we have hollywood unlocked finally admits the queen is alive by danielle cohen i wanted to cover this story just because it is so hella weird so let's let's set the scene for you the palace revealed that the queen was diagnosed with covid this past sunday and then on tuesday hollywood unlocked was just kind of like a scummy gossip site it's i wouldn't say it's a highly respected one they announced on their instagram that they could exclusively quote reveal the queen had died they cited sources close to the palace and the post claimed that the queen was scheduled to attend uh the editor of vogue british vogue edward ennifel's wedding on tuesday before she was found dead then Hollywood Unlocked put up another post sort of again saying that the queen was dead. So this one, Instagram flagged as false since it seemed sus and it really had no substantiation to it. And none of the bigger news outlets were picking it up. And I remember, I actually saw a news blurb saying that Hollywood Unlocked had posted this and I started thinking there was some validity to it. And then I Googled it and I didn't see any of the bigger ones picking it up. So I kind of was like, uh, maybe, but sometimes people do get a hold of these things earlier before it breaks. So you never know. And then <laughs> the Hollywood Unlocks founder put up a notes app post and he said this, I've never lied. I've never been wrong. I trust my sources. I have yet to see an official statement from the palace saying otherwise. I'll be at the Donda concert tonight with Ye. <laughs> the path this post takes. I've never lied. I've never been wrong. Only a mediocre white man with just the utmost confidence could say something like that. Because I think even of us with the best intentions have lied before and been wrong. I know I have. Even if it's just been white lies. And I'm wrong at least five times a day. And the fact that you can't even admit that is such a shortcoming. And it's not even that he's saying Hollywood Hollywood Unlocked has been accurate in their reporting. He is saying he as a person has never lied or been wrong. So I trust my sources. Fine. Okay. Like we'll give him that. Um, Yeah. Just because the palace has not issued a statement 
for your little minor news gossip site, I don't think is saying a lot. And then ending it with the clout-chasing statement that he will be at Ye's Donda concert is just... Ugh. It makes me think this whole thing was a whole PR stunt. I, I can't even get my mind around it being anything else. But then on Wednesday, on Twitter... Um, an account with Hollywood Unlock's name wrote that an intern had mistakenly published a drafted post and called the error an embarrassing situation. They sent deepest apologies to the royal family, but even still, the owner of the company seemed unfazed because on his personal account, he said he woke up to, quote, some fake account posting a retraction and reiterated his argument that the palace had not released a statement denying that the queen had died. So to give you a little bit more context, there was never any evidence that the queen was actually going to Edward Innifel's wedding. It wouldn't be surprising if she did. Like, obviously, the editor in Vogue of British, I'm sorry, the editor-in-chief of British Vogue is a very high-up position. And I don't think it'd be the most shocking thing if she was there. But the fact that not a single person has substantiated the claim is a little bit sus yet again. And this dude just continued to stand by his story. And he told BuzzFeed that a guest at the wedding received a call and, quote, reacted emotionally to a few people. And those few people were informed that that's what happened. And it wasn't until Friday that this dude finally walked back his statements and posted a new post on Hollywood Unlocked titled Fact Check, 10 Reasons We Believed Queen Elizabeth Was Dead. And this this shit is just wild. He says that, again, he gets this tip from someone at the wedding. There was photos of Edward Innifel talking to Prince Charles and his wife Camilla as proof that somehow the queen could have also been invited to the wedding. It also claims that he spoke with someone in the British military who told him that the palace had been locked down and that all top generals were being summoned to Windsor Castle for an undisclosed reason. And... In Lee's mind, that sounded like the beginning of Operation London Bridge, the official palace protocol that's activated if the queen dies. And then the publication also acknowledged that the queen had spoken with Johnson and said that they reached out to Buckingham Palace for a statement about the news and received no response. Is I'm guessing that's Boris Johnson? Um, just all in all, such a bizarre story and he ends the little bulleted list with saying although i've never been wrong when breaking the story because this involves the queen this one time i would want to to be and based on wednesday's report from the palace i can say my sources got this wrong and i sincerely apologize to the queen and to the royal family that's not even uh, it's not even a literate post it's just stupid <laughs> i can't with this man Ugh. let's get on to some happier news and by the way as we know now i the queen is not dead, I don't think. I guess she could be right now. Who knows? But as of the time when they claim this, she was very much alive and apparently was only experiencing mild COVID symptoms. So Amanda Bynes wants to end her conservatorship too by Danielle Cohen. I think all of you are probably familiar with Amanda Bynes, but Amanda Bynes was the queen of my childhood. She was queen of Nickelodeon. She was a comedic genius. She... I loved every single movie she was in, star of the teenage rom-com. And she was very slapstick and 
I wouldn't even say she was my type of humor, but I feel like Amanda was one of those people that you just couldn't help but be endeared to. And I just thought she was so beautiful. I remember looking at all of her red carpet fashion and thinking like her and Hilary Duff were the end all be all of early 2000s fashion. Um, So she is petitioning to enter conservatorship. And obviously, we're all very familiar with the term conservatorship now because of everything we heard going on with Britney Spears and Britney Spears finally coming to an end with hers. So this news comes from page six. So Amanda filed documents on Wednesday asking the court to terminate the court order conservatorship that has placed her under the control of her mother and legal guardian, Lynn Bynes, for almost nine years. Amanda's 35 years old and she has been under the conservatorship since August 2013. So really almost as long as Brittany has. She was hospitalized and put on a 5150 psychiatric hold after reportedly starting a fire in someone's driveway in Thousand Oaks, California. So again, very similar trajectory to Brittany. Brittany was also put under a 5150 hold and hospitalized and then ultimately ended up in a conservatorship. Um, And it was at that point that the judge put her mother in charge of her personal, medical, and financial affairs. So back in 2017, Amanda actually gained control of her financial assets, but her mother continues to remain in charge of her personal decisions, including her health care. So there were some reports that Amanda had actually opposed the conservatorship when it was initially first put into place. But it's not clear whether she's really fought it since then. And the cut reached out to her lawyer, David Esquibius, for comment. And he told people, so I guess he never answered the cut, but he told people on Friday that he now believes her condition is improved and protection of the court is no longer necessary. And according to him, the conservatorship was not extended through 2023. A hearing on her case is scheduled for March 22nd of this year. So I'm sure we'll be getting an update on that soon. And hers appears to be much less contentious than everything that went down with Britney's. Um, I'm hoping it'll be a clearer path to her getting out of it if that's the right option for her. And I think it's telling that she's already been in charge of her finances now for five years. And I think if she's been able to show a good track record with that, it's very likely that the conservatorship will be lifted as a whole. Um, I think the time we're in though it's becoming very highlighted just how these women were treated and I think that we've been shown so much about how they were publicly treated in the media how they were torn down the inappropriate questions they were asked and I think Amanda likely faced a lot of those same things and we just haven't heard about it as much but I think more so than that this is purely conjecture And maybe, again, this is from me just reading that Evelyn Hugo book. I think there's so much darkness in the underbelly of Hollywood that we can't even begin to imagine that child stars and young, vulnerable, especially women actresses face. And even when we begin to understand it and have empathy for how poorly they are treated, how often they are abused, how often they are taken advantage of, and oftentimes by their very own family, I mean, we even saw it with Macaulay Culkin, you know, emancipating himself from his parents because feeling like they weren't controlling his finances correctly. This is something you see over and over and over again with child stars. And I know I've talked about it on here before, and I'm so sorry I'm drawing a blank on the name of it, but there was a whole documentary about all of the struggles that child stars go through and how poorly they're treated in the industry. And I think everyone should watch that because it really is eye-opening 
to show like what these people go through. Here, I'm going to pause really quick. Okay, it's called Showbiz Kids. And why I think it was so impactful is Alex Winter created it and he himself was a show showbiz star. Uh, and it has Evan Rachel Wood. Um, it talks about Cameron Boyce, Mila Joe. Actually, it was one of the last things Cameron Boyce was in before he passed away. Mila Jovovich. It's just fascinating. Um and again, I just think there's so much we don't realize and until we've been in it and we faced it. And I think there's a lot. I'm not trying to sound conspiracy theorist about it. I just think that stuff really does get covered up and the people who are the most vulnerable tend to get their voice taken away from them the most. So I just wish the best for Amanda. I wish the best for Lindslow, Brittany. I think we're really coming into a period where it's going to be interesting to see where the trajectory of the rest of their life takes, and hopefully it's all on the up and up. But I think there's a lot of trauma that is going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. Okay, on a much lighter note, let's get into our legit shit of this week. This is for my girl listeners, unless um, I have any boy listeners wearing makeup out out there. If I do, love that. Um, But it is eye makeup tape. So you can definitely use regular scotch tape, which I was doing for a while until I bought actual makeup tape, but I realized it was really kind of pulling on my under eyes and obviously your under eyes are already so sensitive and delicate already. So I wanted to actually get the tape from Sephora, but they were sold out. So I, as usual, had to order it from Amazon. Um, But I love that it comes in a sparkly little pink dispenser. And so far, I really loved it. It doesn't pull as much. It goes on really well. And if you're confused about what eyeshadow tape is it's just a really great way to tape your eye so you can get a really sharp line when you're blending your eyeshadow or if you're doing your liquid eyeliner it just gives this really snatched matty from euphoria vibes or even if you want to do like cool designs and make um like a little stencil almost with the eyeshadow tape it's great for that i haven't experimented with that yet but if you do let me know um, check it out. I think you'll love the little pink sparkly case. And honestly, if you have like a small business or another place that I should check out to get eyeshadow tape from, I would think there probably are some small businesses out there. I would love to support them and buy from them the next time, like when I run out. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I will see you next week. Bye.